Welcome back for episode 9 of the Blacksburg Fuzz. I'm your host Kyle Bean. Today we're going to be going over the women's basketball game against UVA this past Thursday, the men's game in Miami from Saturday, and the women's game against number 24 UNC from Sunday. Starting off with the women's game versus UVA, this past Thursday, the Hokies took down the Cavaliers 76-63 at home in Castle Coliseum. Hokies sold out the arena. It's the second regular season sellout for the women's basketball team in their entire history. The first one was actually this year as well when the Hokies played NC State at home. So they've been doing a great job bringing in fans this year. The team is absolutely incredible, just the way they've been the last few years. And it's great to see that Blacksburg and the surrounding area is really getting there and supporting them as they've been so talented and just really exciting to watch. So Virginia Tech got started really well against UVA on Thursday, 10-4 lead early in that first quarter. UVA did end up bringing it back a little bit late in the first quarter due to Kamora Johnson, who was just absolutely holding them in the game. She hit a buzzer-beating floater just inside the center three-point arc to close out the first quarter 18-21. to Second quarter was just as close. Odessa Noyan scored the first bucket. She got seven in that quarter. Uh, after her bucket, Eck followed with a three, a steal, and then made a jumper. So that sequence put the Hokies back up six. By about the middle of the quarter, two UVA players got tangled as they were coming back on defense after a bucket. Uh, Noyan went down. She was down for a while as they kind of got tangled, tripped over each other's feet a little bit. She was down for a little while for actually that entire play. Uh, I think Amor made a jumper on that one. She did end up coming back later in the game, though, so she was okay. Kitley had another 10-point quarter. Uh, she scored 10 in the first, 10 in the second. So she had 20 at the half giving VT a slight edge of five points. If you're UVA, you're definitely happy being down just five to a Virginia Tech team that's coming off a Final Four run, a Virginia Tech team that was ranked 17 in that week's AP poll. Kamora Johnson, she was really holding them in. Uh, Sam Brunell was struggling on Thursday, but Johnson had 15 at the half and was really doing it all for him. Third quarter was all Virginia Tech. They came out on a tear, held UVA to five points in total over the 10-minute span while they scored 17 of their own. Hokies led 63-46 to 46 after the third quarter. They opened up that second half with a six-point run with Amor, Kitley, and Eck each making a shot. Then Paris Clark had a bucket for the Cavaliers, and the Hokies went right back on a run. They had an eight-point run with Kitley and Amor making a couple shots. Kamora Johnson hit a three, and then Kayla King finished the quarter with a three. Going into the fourth quarter, it was already over. Virginia Tech led by 17. They were playing great. 
UVA did hit six free throws, which helped them cut into it a little bit, but Tech also hit five themselves. Paris Clark had eight points this quarter. She made several of those Cavalier free throws, and the Hokies ended up coming out on top by 13. Some shooting splits for the game. UVA shot 37% from the field. They made 21 of 57 shots, 35% from three for six of 17 attempts, and 71% from the free throw line, making 15 of 21. The Hokies shot 43% from the field. They made 31 of 72 shots, 23% from three-point, much lower than usual for them. They only made seven out of their 30 attempts and 88% from the free throw line, making seven of eight. Top performers for UVA, Kamora Johnson. She was incredible. 22 points, three rebounds, three assists. Once again, she was really the one that was holding them in with Sam Brunell struggling. UVA was also missing Cameron Taylor, who definitely hurt them on the rebounding front and the scoring front. She is one of their better scorers at 14 points per game and she's one of their better rebounders as well as she sits at six foot two so that was definitely not something that helped out the Cavaliers but Kamora Johnson did her best to make up for that and then Paris Clark played really well 18 points eight rebounds and two steals for her on the Hokies side Kitley led the team with 33 points. She had 18 rebounds, which is incredible. Six of them on the offensive end. Kitley had three blocks, and she she shot 60% from the field. Amor was also fantastic once again. 20 points, 14 assists for her for the double-double as well, and then one steal. And Matilda Eck had 13 points, one block, and one steal. She was really good on defense and making a couple big shots for the Hokies as well as we've seen her do so many times. A few notes on the game. Once again, sellout crowd for Virginia Tech. We're really happy to see them doing so well, especially on the fan side. A sold-out Castle Coliseum is huge for them. Second time in their history in the regular season and both of them were this year. That is an awesome thing to be able to say about this team kitley was incredible once again i knew it was coming she had a really tough outing in syracuse and i had a feeling that she was going to bounce back after that one it was also her sister raven's birthday so it just kind of made sense that she was gonna go crazy it's her sister's birthday we know how close she is with her sister Raven is at just about every game. We see her on the scoreboard all the time cheering on her team. So it's no surprise that Liz played so well on her sister's birthday and after a tough performance in Syracuse. Her 18 rebounds is outstanding. Her six on the offensive side was absolutely a game changer. Virginia Tech scored 19 second chance points and many of those were because of her. Scoring in the paint was also really solid for Tech. They had 28 points down there. The three wasn't falling like it normally does for them. So it was nice to see that they adjusted with what was working on that day. And they just made it work in their favor. 
Defense was good. UVA struggled, especially in that third quarter. They just really couldn't get anything going. They couldn't hit any shots. That's one thing that the UVA coach mentioned in the postgame press conference was that they've struggled a lot in the first and third quarters, kind of getting off to a slow start. And Virginia Tech did a really good job at capitalizing on that. And then they also did a solid job getting around the UVA defense. Their coach was not happy with on-ball screens and rotations and how the Cavaliers reacted to those. She felt that they left too many people open and then they missed a lot of layups and they weren't drawing contact as well as they normally do in getting to the free throw line. So I think Virginia Tech did a really solid job at disrupting the UVA game plan and doing the things that were working for them on that night to the best of their abilities. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Moving into the men's game versus Miami on Saturday, that was a tough one, 82-74 to loss on the road. The first half, the Hokies looked pretty good. They got into a small hole pretty early. They were down six, about eight minutes into that opening half. They did pull it in over the next four minutes. Padula and Kidd had a couple shots, and Nickel hit a three. Nickel and Couture combined for three threes after that. Uh, Nickel had a jumper during a Miami scoring drought, and then all of a sudden Tech was up 10. But Nigel Pack hit a free throw to end the half, cutting it to 9. So Hokies up 9, going into the locker room. Coming out, it was all Miami. The second half, the Hokies did not look good. Miami had a few mini runs, four or five points here or there, to cut the lead to six. Then they had another run, this one nine points, to grab the lead up 60 to 59. Virginia Tech had a short little five-point run, but then Miami just went right back in the lead. It was clear that Miami was playing significantly better than the Hokies in that second half. It was almost like they were really tired, but that last Miami run, they went up eight with about one minute left. The Hokies closed with a free throw and two threes, but Miami kept getting to the line as Virginia Tech needed to stop the clock, and the Hurricanes hit just about every shot they took from the free throw line, so there was really no give there. They did get the clock stopped. But if the Hurricanes walk away with two points every time you stop the clock, how much progress can you really make? Miami shot 45% from the field. They made 24 shots on 53 attempts. They were 44% from three-point. That's a really good number. Seven of 16 and 93% from the free throw line. They only missed two of their 29 attempts. Virginia Tech, on the other hand, shot 48% from the field. They made 28 of 
58 attempts, shot 37% from three. Not bad by any means, but 11 of 30 isn't exactly where you want it to be, especially when the Hurricanes were at 44%. And then the Hokies were just 50% from the free throw line. They really struggled there on Saturday, making 7 of 14 shots. Top performers for Miami, you've got Norchad O'Meara. 16 points, 7 rebounds, 1 block, and 1 steal. He was 5 of 7 from the field. Really great performance from him. He played pretty well against Tech last time, and once again, he did it. Kaishan George, 16 points, 5 rebounds, 1 block, and 4 steals. He was a nightmare for Tech. 2 of 2 from 3-point as well. So he was hitting shots, and those four steals in one block, his defense was a big problem for the Hokies, especially in the second half. Matthew Cleveland had 15 points, 13 rebounds, five on the offensive side. He was the one that really put it to tech last time, and he did it again, 15 points, five offensive rebounds. Big performance from him. If you're Jim Laranaga, you've got to be happy about that. And Nigel Pack had 14 points, one steal. And then Bensley Joseph had 14 points and one block. He was 5 of 7 from the field. For the Hokies, you had Sean Padula, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and 1 steal. He was really solid on the scoring end once again. However, he did struggle a little bit with ball security. Uh, Padula had a stretch in the second half where he had multiple turnovers. He finished with seven on the game, but I would probably attribute that to the fact that he played 36 minutes. Jaden Young only played two, and Brandon Recksteiner was out for the game. I believe he was sick, so it was kind of all on Padula in terms of keeping control of the ball so you can't fault him too much on that but you would like to see that turnover number a little bit lower than seven hunter couture had 19 points three assists nickel had 10 points two steals and robbie Barron had 10 points three rebounds three assists and one block so once again turnovers was an issue for tech they had 11 on the game which led to 14 points for the Miami Hurricanes. They only forced two turnovers in the second half for Miami, so defense wasn't there as much as you'd like it to be. Padula had those four in crunch time, but like I said, I'm sure he was gassed. Uh, you know, playing 36 minutes, he's been playing in the 30s all season without much backup. We haven't seen Rex Steiner really play at all in a few games, and we haven't seen much of Jaden Young. He usually plays maybe five, six, possibly up to eight minutes a game, but not very many. He only played two on Saturday, so I'd imagine Padula was very tired during this game. Miami took a million free throws in the second half, they had 23 to be exact compared to six in the first half. Virginia Tech took 14 for the entire game. 
Now Miami had 10 free throw attempts under the two minute mark. Obviously that was Tech trying to stop the clock and make a little comeback. But even before that, they had quite a few attempts and they only missed two. So that was a huge problem for the Hokies was getting Miami on the line and they were just draining the shots. Virginia Tech also just couldn't score in transition. They only had three points off the fast break. That's really low for them. You definitely like to see a team with guys like Padula, Kator, Nickel scoring a little bit more off of transition than three points, but that's just the way the game goes. And rebounding. That was a big issue. Miami had six offensive boards in the second half. That cost the Hokies 13 points. You take away three, four of those offensive boards for Miami, and all of a sudden it's a completely different game. Really tough loss for them, especially with a decent lead at halftime. That one really hurts as we move into February. You don't want to see your team performing like that. They've been playing really well lately, but seeing this performance, it does waver the confidence in this team a little bit. They're right on the bubble of making the NCAA tournament at the moment. So every win you can get is huge. They really need to finish out strong if they want to lock in a trip into March Madness. And then the women's game against number 24, UNC, on Sunday. 70-61 win on the road in Chapel Hill in overtime. This is a great game for Virginia Tech. We really saw the Hokies fans pull up to Chapel Hill. They traveled really well to this one on TV. There was a whole section of Tech fans. Really happy to see that for them. First quarter, UNC started off ice cold while Virginia Tech hit two shots and a three. Then UNC had a nine-point run. It was mostly Lexi Donarski. She made two shots and a three to pull UNC back into the game. Moving into the second quarter, uh, Wenzel finished the first quarter with a three, and then she opened the second quarter with a three. So really good couple-minute stretch from Carly Wenzel. UNC didn't score for the last two minutes of that first quarter and the first four minutes of the second quarter. So a six-minute drought for them. Virginia Tech did a pretty good job at capitalizing on that. And then Deja Kelly, she made a few free throws and a couple buckets to even it up a little bit. But Matilda Eck came out. She hit a buzzer beater to make it a six-point game before halftime. So the Hokies had a small lead going into the second half. Not as much as you'd like, but playing a really talented UNC team, you're not feeling bad about that at all. Third quarter, Deja Kelly and Alyssa Uspi, they went back and forth for 11 points for the Tar Heels, and UNC took the lead. Everything was quiet for a few minutes after that. We didn't see any buckets. And then to finish out the third quarter, there was some back and forth little mini runs. Uh, One team would score four, the other team would score five, and they ended the third quarter tied. 
into the fourth quarter. The teams alternated buckets almost perfectly until India Navarre made a layup to tie it with 36 seconds left. Neither team could land a shot after that to go up. The Hokies did have an opportunity right at the end of the game. They had an inbounds pass with one and a half seconds on the clock. Uh, King got it to Amor on the right side of the three-point line, but Amor missed a really, really well-contested fading three off that right side, and the two teams went into overtime. In overtime, UNC and Virginia Tech alternated for a few buckets before Amor and Eck broke the sequence with back-to-back threes. At this point, Virginia Tech was up seven points, feeling pretty good in overtime. Overtime's only five minutes, so they were about midway through at this point. And then UNC just couldn't hit jumpers and threes. They made four free throws at the line, but Virginia Tech got six at the line, and they closed out on top up nine points. Shooting for UNC... They were 32% from the field. They made 21 of 66 shots, 33% from three-point range, 5 of 15 for the game, and 88% from the free-throw line. They made 14 of 16. Virginia Tech shot 34% from the field, making 21 of 71 attempts, 34% from the three-point line, They were 12 of 35 and 71% from the free throw line, 10 of 14. So actually really similar numbers over the course of the entire game. You see Virginia Tech won field goal percentage by two points. They won three point percentage by one. And then UNC shot quite a bit better at the free throw line, up 17 points. But overall, very similar stat lines from them. UNC's performers, Deja Kelly led the team with 26 points, 7 rebounds, 1 steal. A good portion of her points were at the free throw line. She made 13 of her 14 attempts individually. She did a fantastic job at drawing contact and knocking those down. Really good game for her. Lexi Donarski had 12 points and 3 steals. And then Alyssa Uspi, she had 10 points, 16 rebounds. She is one of their star rebounders. Five of them on the offensive side of the court and five assists as well. Virginia Tech. Georgia Amore had 21 points, 4 rebounds, 11 assists for another double-double, and 1 steal. Kitley had a double-double as well, 15 points, 15 rebounds, 4 on the offensive side. Kitley also had 1 block and 1 steal. And Matilda Eck had 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 1 block. The biggest things I saw in this game is, once again, those second-chance points. They've been making the Hokies shine. 20 points on second-chance opportunities for Virginia Tech. They're getting so many extra possessions with rebounders like Kitley, Eck, and Strack, who all had three-plus offensive rebounds in this game. Tech had 18 
offensive rebounds as a group. That was eight more than UNC, and that made a huge difference. Turnovers were a big thing as well. Virginia Tech had 17 in total, but they did defend really well off of those. UNC only managed to get six points off those 17 turnovers. That's absolutely huge to be able to turn the ball over at such a high amount, but limit scoring off those turnovers to just six points. That's incredible for them. Obviously, you'd like to see the turnover number itself drop quite a bit lower, but if UNC's not scoring off those turnovers, it's not that big of an issue. And then just the performance in overtime was fantastic. The Hokies were 3 of 7 from the field, 3 of 5 from behind the arc, only in overtime, and they made 7 of 10 free throws. That's what really killed UNC in that overtime was Tech made the shots and they didn't. The Tar Heels were only 1 of 8 field goal shooting and 0 for 2 behind the arc in those last 5 minutes. They really didn't perform under that overtime pressure and that's what gave the Hokies the game in the end. On Thursday, we'll be back to preview the women's game against NC State, which is Thursday night. The men's game against Notre Dame on Saturday and the women's game on Sunday against Boston College. So make sure to come back on Thursday where we'll be looking ahead to those three games. Until then, have a fantastic week and we will catch you back here on Thursday.